2: could just being
0: me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a Minute Without Parent, only in theaters, May 17th.
3: I find that the trans people that have the best sense of humor are also the ones that made the best
4: activists. Welcome, beauties, to part two of my interview with Monica Helms and her wife, Darlene Wagner. If you have not already heard part one, it brings us to where we are now. I encourage you to go check it out first. Here is Darlene talking about the first time she met Monica.
5: We met at a square dance.
4: Okay. The
5: well, it wasn't a square dance, or more like a contra dance. It was contra dance slash square dance, a little bit slower than a contra dance. And I asked Monica to dance. It was the first time that Monica showed up to my dance group that I would been involved with for a couple of years and in which I was starting to come out as trans and it was a safe space for me.
4: Yeah. What was the trans community like in like 2009 when you were coming out? There were very
5: few people, like very few professionals. Uh, I've, I'm a fairly privileged person as far as trans goes. For one thing, I'm Caucasian. Second, my parents are fairly well off. They own a house and own land. And I still had to pay my own way through grad school, though. Yeah, but I was fairly privileged. And there were very few other trans people of my background around. Most of the transgender people I knew were African-American, homeless, homeless, forced into survival sex work. And to this day, I rack my heart and mind and pray and meditate on ways in which I can reach out to my less fortunate sisters who are hurting. Or maybe maybe not, I shouldn't say hurt, I sound a little, I probably sound a little patronizing. I don't mean to sound that way. It's just that
4: I think it's okay to say that. I mean, since January of this year, six black trans women have been shot and killed in the city of Atlanta. Right. And that, I think, is something, you know, to say, like, those are the people that are most at risk in our community,
5: you know? Right. I want to do everything I can to help them and keep them safe. And I'm soon going to be getting a 501c3 going called the transgender day of remembrance atlanta although i might later have to change its name to get the transgender out of the title if according to how the government cracks down on transgender organizations but it's that adaptability thing happening again but i want to focus on violence prevention for trans feminine people and also violence prevention for biological females as well. Because we shouldn't be in conflict with our non-trans sisters. We are facing the same patriarchal violence and denial of bodily autonomy that they are. We should be united rather than fighting each other over things like... Tell, tell her what happened to your co-worker one of the non-trans women recently slain by gun violence was my coworker from CDC 38 years old has two kids and a husband so back on may 7th i organized a march through the marietta square commemorating not only the trans women who've been slain this year in atlanta but also my cisgender coworker. We must do everything, mobilize and organize to stop
4: femicide. What do you two enjoy, or what do you get out of uh, fulfillment out of being in a relationship with another transgender woman? How has that impacted you positively?
5: Interestingly enough, Monica thinks of herself as lesbian whereas I tend to shy away from the term lesbian. I might actually be bisexual, even though I'm not really attracted to men. I'm very, very much attracted to feminine type people. I'm most strongly attracted to other trans females, probably because it's just, that's who I connect with the best. That's probably why I've been with Monica all this time. She just being next to her, it just feels so safe and so
3: familiar to me.
4: Yeah. Yeah. What about for you, Monica? Well, I
3: initially when I first started transitioning, I thought that I was bisexual. And uh, when I came out to my mom as being trans, she said, Oh I gee, I wish you were just gay. And then about three years later, I realized that I wasn't bisexual, that I was only attracted to women. And so I called my mom and said, guess what, mom? You got your wish. I am gay. All my life, I've only been attracted to to girls and and women. And um, I realized, why do I have to change when I become become a woman?
4: Yeah. When you were trying to access medical transition, trying to access gender-affirming care. Was that something that you have had to hide, the fact that you were attracted to women?
3: Oh, no, no. This was in the late 90s. That
4: that stuff by was By then all, it was gone. Yeah, yeah. that stuff was uh, all different. It would have been changed by our previous generations who had made, yeah, it, made it better uh, for us, thankfully. A
3: lot of, lot, of lot of those are my friends.
4: Yeah. <laughs> like yeah.
3: Dallas Denny.
4: Yeah, Dallas Denny was a, a big part of that. Yeah. What was it like working with Dallas Denny and working on those publications during that time? Oh
3: yeah, transgender tapestry. Uh, I wrote a an article. That's the way it w- was, and uh, it was um, about various things that happened in the community over the last time since we publicized and and Dallas and I had a really great relationship. It was it was so much fun. You know, I kind of made it sound like uh, you know she was at the uh, the tra- the transgender tapestry tower and up at the you know the the, the top of the, the executive ta- office executive <laughs> office yeah and uh, and uh, you know and and then she would say things like uh, well I'll, I'm going to double your pay and which was was zero anyway so <laughs> yeah Dallas has a great sense of humor which I find that the trans people that have the best sense of humor are also the ones that made the best activists because they didn't get burned out. Darlene and I make jokes about everything. We, we see something on television and did they just say such, you know, and you go, Oh, you know, we, we would just, we create our own, our own jokes out of it. So, (laughs) and we, we call, uh,
4: um, the the governor of Florida, Rhonda Sauron. <laughs> Rhonda Sauron. Like Sauron's uh, yes. Yeah. You have to have a sense of humor in order to live this life, you know, because it really tries you, you know. Society tries us and it, it can be very stressful. And if I wasn't able to laugh at myself or life, I don't think I'd still be here, you know. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, Monica and Darlene share their experiences with parenting.
0: Focus Features presents Back to Black.
3: I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles.
0: Experience the music and her story.
3: Know this. I ain't no spy Girl.
0: Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen.
6: I want to be remembered for
0: just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a Minute Without Parent, only in theaters May 17th.
6: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee.
4: Welcome back. Now, I, I know you two mentioned you recently tried to adopt a child. Do you want to talk a little bit about, about that? Darlene, I'm going to let yeah, you... I'm willing to open up about it. When was this, by the way? When We
5: took her in in mid-December. Mm-hmm. She identified as trans-feminine. We figured, you know, this is going to be a great match because we two trans women raising a trans feminine child who's been in the foster system for five years. We can be her forever family and we can protect her and get her the care that she needs. Unfortunately, she had lots of trauma to unpack. Five years in the system and then before that unspeakable abuse that the defects documentation just barely scraped the surface of she was very closed off noncommunicative. she would occasionally laugh occasionally show some emotion or anger actually looking back on it I- i'm I should have been more suspicious that she didn't get angry more often. She was very detached. I really care about this kid, even though she doesn't live with us anymore. I loved her as if she were my own biological child. Yeah, Not quite the same as a death, because I know that the kid is in a different house and Is happier, or at least I hope she's happier now. Yeah. And her foster mom said that she put on weight during her time that she was with us, which is a good sign. So we kind of got her to a healthier, physically healthier place,
4: at least. Do you think you'll ever try to adopt again? Yes.
5: Yeah. I'm not giving up. I'm want to have a family, and unlike Monica, who had a chance to have biological children, I never had that chance. I'm no serious relationships with any
4: cisgender women prior to my transition right and monica what is your relationship with your your children and your grandchildren like now
3: uh really good actually we're in fact a week from today we're going to be flying out to phoenix to see them and then drive to california to see the other son Haven't seen him in a while and be nice to be able to spend
4: some time with him. Although Monica and Darlene did not match with their foster child, they're still interested in parenting a trans child together. Here's Monica as she talks more about the power of activism. Were there any more details maybe about your own transition story that you wanted to give and just like how that was for you during that time when you were transitioning?
3: I I, uh, joined a... Um, online group. Well, it was not necessarily only just online, but it was a group of uh, former submarine sailors called United States Submarine Veterans of America. And uh, so I joined them before I transitioned. And then I tran- started transitioning and, uh, and I wanted to still be part of the group um, you know, there was a local chapter and everything, and, and uh, the local chapter was having a problem with me being me. So it took a little bit, but I finally renewed my membership in this organization, becoming the first trans person in the organization. And uh, it, um, it, you know, it was also my first act of activism,
4: and I know you were also the first trans people to place a wreath on the... Uh, tomb of the Unknown. Yeah, the Tomb
3: of the yeah, Unknown. Our Transgender American Veterans Association. We went to D.C. in 2004, and um, it, we, we, uh, it was a march to the wall because a lot of trans women were afraid to go to the wall and see the names of people that they knew and and stuff and so we wanted to give them a safe thing to do it and uh, we had 50 people show up and it was it was wonderful and then that on that weekend we also laid a reef at the tomb of the unknown the first trans organization to do that
4: yeah that's huge monica thank you just for for everything you've done for the trans community and for trans veterans i mean that's that's amazing. I know you're you're talking about moving out of Georgia because of the way that the things have been. Later,
5: hopefully, rather than sooner. Georgia is my home. And I've tried living in other states before, but I was really homesick.
4: Yeah. And I, being raised in Georgia my whole life too, I've never called any other state home before. So it's kind of a hard reality to start to kind of think about. And I hope it doesn't come to that. But what keeps you both hopeful when The times are as bad as they are. What keeps you both going?
3: Well, for me, it's noticing that every time uh, there is another election, even a small election or someplace, the Republicans are losing. Just last week, there was an election for the mayor of Jacksonville, Florida, and the Democrat won. The first Democrat to, to run this city in a long time. And uh, the person, that, the Republican who ran, was spouting all the Ron DeSantis things. And apparently the, the people didn't want to hear it. So I'm hopeful that what we might be seeing is, you know, it's a little scary to, to hope that it's going to happen, but to see all these elections come about where people with something that uh, is going to help other people is going to be the ones to get elected, not the people that want to take us back in time. What about
4: you, darling? Do you have anything?
5: My greatest hope during these dark times is the inherent strength of the transgender and non-binary communities. There's a lot more to us than what we lack in political clout or economic resources. There is a fire, a natural fire inside of us that cannot be extinguished. And Monica alluded to how elections are important and voting is important. But I would expand upon that we got to put our fire inside of us to work, not just around elections, but year round, even in, especially even in off years like this past year was an off year and the Georgia legislature passed nasty laws to suppress us. But we stood up, we stood up at the Liberty Plaza outside of the Capitol building. We're going to stand up more across the summer. We are going to organize. We're going to mobilize. We might get a little militant, but that's what it takes. When we are under attack systematically, we have to push back with all the energy and intensity inside of us. And I want to conclude with the words of Winston Churchill never give up, never give up, never give up. And then my own words
4: too, you are loved. We're going to take our last break here, listeners. When we come back, we will wrap up our conversation with Monica and Darlene with a question from Janie Danger.
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
4: And we're back, listeners.
2: I actually have a trans flag of my own in my house above my bed. And in fact, uh, the person who bought it for me bought it at Pride I want to say 2019 and I wasn't able to go because I had to work and they bought it from you like yourself did, um and oh, you signed they, it did I sign it yeah you did sign up
3: oh yeah because we were we did booths uh every once in a while to you know for either our church or other places and and then I would sign flags
2: well for people. I appreciate that. It's very cool. And I like to tell people that when they see it. And also, anytime I post like a picture or like a video or something and people see my room. I get a lot of comments from people saying you need to iron your flag, and it's like <laughs> you need to mind your own fucking business. How about that? What do you think about ironing? So the yeah, flag? what do you think about I've, And the reason I've not done it is because I don't want to mess up the signature, and also I don't own an iron. So uh, yeah,
3: it's like you know, it's up to your, up to you, you know, right? <laughs> you know, it's your
2: flag. It's my flag. You know, it's what, our it, flag. Yeah. yeah. Well. And yes. but this one's act literally mine. <laughs> yes, that one's yours. So you do what you want with it. Thank you. So uh, I can tell that to the haters.
4: Yeah, tell uh, that to the haters. Monica Helms said, "Do whatever you want with your flag." Thank
2: you. Are, are you on, are you on Facebook? I, 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 I did, think I'm on. I am on Facebook, but I don't really. I, I I don't really use it. I've been trying to get banned from Facebook for years. <laughs> oh well, that should be easy. <laughs> It's surprisingly not. You can get away with the horrendous things on Facebook.
5: Yeah, I'm more afraid of getting a concerned phone call from my mom if I post something that's a bit off on Facebook. (laughs) So uh, my my mom polices my posts on Facebook, so...
2: Yeah, it's the worst one because your whole your whole family's there. Yeah. <laughs> why would why would oh, yeah. I wanna use the social media my family is on? And
3: her whole <laughs> family is definitely
2: on Ah, oh, no cousins thank you. and
4: everything. Yeah. You should see Janie on um, Twitter. And uh, what's the other one? The new one? The blue sky? Blue sky? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. You got to get... An, I don't have any invite codes. I would give you guys some if I do. She's
4: dying for a blue sky invite code. But yeah. No, she... I got...
2: I'm on there now. Oh, okay. I'm on okay. there now. <laughs> Social. <Wifesucker.blueskyssocial. laughs> yeah. That's kind of all I had. I I, I really liked the, uh, the progress part. And also, I didn't know um, you were a Christian. I'm also a Christian. And that was really uh touching so i I didn't
4: know you were a christian Janie.
2: yeah have i not talked about that i've
4: never we've never talked about that yeah wow yeah i'm learning things so
2: (laughs) yes well yeah
5: well maybe one of these days you can do a a breakout christian punk rock hit and
2: Uh, i've I've incorporated some mostly on the on the new album that I, i have coming out i've gotten some kind of I it, It's not incredibly uh, explicit, but there is a lot of themes like that in there, for sure. Things of, of God and You listen humanity. to
5: Flyleaf?
2: Flyleaf? I used to a little oh, yeah. bit. i yeah, was more they're... of a Paramore girl.
5: Oh, yeah.
4: Paramore's awesome.
2: Yeah. I, or Under Oath, if we're talking like Christian, more specific okay. Christian bands.
4: Have y'all listened to Ethel Kane yet? um oh yeah I don't you would think like
2: think i've
5: ethel heard
4: Cain. of ethel kane uh, y'all ethel kane is she is our she's our trans so she's a trans woman from tallahassee florida who makes music all about like the southern it's like southern gothic like about mm. and it's like got some like religious undertones because she was her album is called preacher's daughter uh-oh because she was literally a, uh, uh uh what do you call it um that people that do the snakes and stuff snake handler yeah she was the son
2: of a a snake there's a a certain kind of uh christianity i forget what it's called it's like i don't know if it's southern baptist but uh in that movie faces a death that's the one actual real death they show it's a preacher who's like i've got the power of god within me the snakes won't hurt me and this they killed him
5: yeah well what if the snakes have the power of god in them too
2: that's true and that goes back to what you said about like uh you gotta respect nature yeah god and nature the two (laughs) two like true things like everyone else like yeah a, a, a preacher that's a just a total like charlatan like you know it's like it's like the 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 atomic bomb versus a coughing baby
4: And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. And alas, to the end of season two of Beauty Translated. I hope you enjoyed all of the conversations we had this time around. Thank you all so much for your support and listenership. I couldn't do this without all you beauties out there. Please continue to encourage everyone you know to listen to the show, because I believe that the more people who listen to these stories the further down the evolutionary path to understanding we will become as a society. If you haven't already, please leave the podcast a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. And now this is goodbye, but only for a little while. I will be back for season three of Beauty Translated in the fall with more badass trans trailblazers. Thank you all so much. And until we meet again, stay beautiful. Beauty Translated is hosted by me, Carmen Laurent, and produced by Kurt Guerin and Jessica Kreinchich, with production assistance from Jennifer Bassett. Special thanks to Allie Perry and Allie Cantor for their support. Our theme song is composed by Aaron Kaufman. Beauty Translated is proud to be part of the Outspoken Network from iHeart Podcasts. For more iHeart Podcasts, listen on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts
6: Right Rug Flooring.